Hello and welcome back to the Truth Seekers Podcast. A truth seeker is someone who wants to know the truth. They search for what's true and they won't rest until they find it. I am a truth seeker and if you are too, then you've come to the right place where we will search for truth each week in the stories of the Bible. Well, hello and welcome back to another episode of the Truth Seekers Podcast. If you've been following along, then you know we've been learning much about Jesus. Jesus accomplished a lot while he was here on earth. His one mission was to do the will of his father. He would do nothing apart from what God, his father, had revealed to him to do. Jesus spent much time in prayer listening to and talking with his father. One day, after Jesus had finished teaching and preaching, he entered the town of Capernaum, and there a centurion's servant, whom his master valued highly, was sick and about to die. Now, do you know what a centurion is? A centurion was a position in the Roman army. Usually, a centurion was not just any soldier. He was a commander of a military unit. A centurion would be in charge of thousands and thousands of soldiers. Well, this centurion lived in Israel. He probably had orders to be stationed in Israel in the town of Capernaum. And not only had the Israelites heard about Jesus and all he had done, but the Roman soldiers had heard about Jesus as well, especially the Roman soldiers who were living and stationed in Israel at this time. Well, this centurion had heard of Jesus. Word had spread fast. He had heard of the man named Jesus and the miracles he had performed. And so when the centurion's servant became sick, he knew of only one thing to do. He knew of only one man to go to. He sent some elders of the Jews to Jesus, asking him to come and heal his servant. Now, normally the Roman soldiers were hated among the Jews. They were mean and cruel, but not this Roman soldier, not this centurion. The elder Jews actually pleaded with Jesus, saying, This man deserves to have you heal his servant because he loves our nation. He has been good to us. He has helped us to build our synagogue. So Jesus went with them. He was not far off from the house when the centurion sent friends to say to Jesus, Lord, don't trouble yourself, for I do not deserve to have you come under my roof. That is why I did not even consider myself worthy to come to you. But say the word, Jesus, and my servant will be healed. For I myself am a man under authority with soldiers under me. I tell this one go, and he goes, and that one come, and he comes. I say to my servant, do this, and he does it. When Jesus heard this, he was amazed at him, and turning to the crowd following him, he said, I tell you the truth, I have not found such great faith even in Israel. Jesus saw that this centurion, even though he was not a Jew, had put all of his faith and trust in Jesus, so much so that he knew Jesus did not even need to come to his home to heal his servant. He trusted Jesus' word so much that he believed all Jesus had to do was say the word and his servant would be healed. Sure enough, when the men who had been sent returned to the house, there they found the servant completely healed and well. 
Not long after this, that Jesus went to a town called Nain, and his disciples and a large crowd went along with him. As he approached the town gate, a funeral was taking place. The body of someone who died was being carried out. It was the only son of his mother. A young man had passed away. Not only had the mother just lost her only son, but she was also a widow. She had previously lost her husband. She was crying and a large crowd from the town was with her. When the Lord saw her, his heart went out to her and he said, don't cry. Then Jesus went up and touched the coffin and those carrying it stood still. He spoke to that coffin and said, young man, I say to you, get up. The dead man sat up. He sat straight up and began to talk. Can you imagine? Can you just imagine that? They were in the middle of a funeral service and that young man who was dead suddenly sat straight up in his coffin. Lovingly, Jesus gave the boy back to his mother. All of the people who saw this were amazed and filled with awe and praised God. They said, a great prophet has appeared among us. God has come to help his people. This news about Jesus spread throughout Judea and the surrounding country. The news even spread to John the Baptist. Do you remember John the Baptist? John the Baptist was the cousin of Jesus. John the Baptist had been in the wilderness proclaiming that the Messiah was coming. It was his job to prepare the way of the Lord. And do you remember that John the Baptist had actually baptized Jesus? And in that moment, the dove had descended and John had seen that Jesus was and is the promised Messiah, that he is the one that he had been preparing for. Well, during the time that Jesus had started his ministry, John had been put in prison by Herod. John was bold and he was not afraid to speak his mind and speak the truth even to the ruling governor Herod. And when John told Herod that he was a sinner and that he had been sinning and doing wrong, Herod didn't like that and he had John the Baptist thrown in prison. Poor John, he had gone from preaching the good news and baptizing people to being thrown in a lonely prison. I wonder if the enemy began to try and tempt John the Baptist to give up hope. His whole life had been to prepare the people for the coming Messiah. That had been his life's mission since he was born. But now, now he found himself in prison. How could this be? Had something gone wrong? John sent two of his disciples to ask Jesus, Are you really the one who was to come or should we expect someone else? I wonder if Jesus' heart went out to John in that moment. He knew that John had been preparing his whole life for the Messiah. What if Jesus wasn't the one? When the men came to Jesus, they asked him, John the Baptist sent us to ask you, are you the one who was to come or should we expect someone else? At the same time they came to ask him this question, Jesus was curing many who had diseases, sicknesses, and evil spirits, and giving sight to many who were blind. So Jesus said to the men that John had sent, Go back and report to John what you have seen and heard. The blind receive sight, the lame walk, those who have leprosy are cured, the deaf hear, the dead are raised, and the good news is preached to the poor. Blessed is the man who does not fall away on account of me. 
Jesus confirmed for John that he really was the one that Israel had been waiting for, that John had been waiting for. He was the Messiah, and he was more than a Messiah, more than a prophet. He was God himself. The Messiah was God come in the form of man, and he had brought his kingdom with him. How did John know? Because Jesus pointed to all of the works he had done, the miracles he had performed. He had brought the kingdom of heaven to earth, and his kingdom would have no end. Dear truth seekers, what is the truth we find in today's story? You may be like John the Baptist. Maybe you too have had moments where you are tempted to doubt if Jesus really is the Son of God. Maybe you have been tempted to doubt if Jesus even really existed or if he really is God. But God calls each of us to begin with faith. Faith is the substance of things unseen. We put our faith in Jesus even though we can't see him. We put our faith in his authority just as the centurion did. The centurion believed that Jesus had power to heal his servant. He believed that Jesus had authority to heal. He put his faith in Jesus, even when his servant was still sick. Jesus calls you and me to put our faith in him and believe that he is real and that he does exist and that he lives inside of you and me. Jesus has come and he has brought his kingdom to live inside of you and me. We can trust that his word is true. Did you notice that Jesus was amazed by the faith of the centurion and his heart went out to the widow who had just lost her son? And he responded with hope to John the Baptist. Each of the people in these stories, Jesus responded to. This is what is so great about the God we serve. He has come to live among us. He knows when we suffer. He knows when we have pain. He knows when we have questions and are unsure. He sees what we walk through and he is moved by our suffering. He is not cold and harsh and far away but he is loving and compassionate and near. His heart is for us. His heart moves with compassion for us. We need only believe that he is willing and near to the brokenhearted. Give Jesus all of your questions, all of your doubts, all of your fears, all of your worries, all of your heartache. He is strong enough and powerful enough to take it all, and he is near to you today. He longs to be your Lord and Savior and to reveal himself to you. The Bible says he makes all things work together for good to them that love him and are called according to his purpose. If you'd like to read today's story in your Bible, you can find it in Luke chapter 7. Let me pray with you before we go. Dear Jesus, I thank you that you care for us, that you have compassion over us, that you see us in our places of need and heartbreak, and you are willing to come to us and heal us and be near to us. Thank you, Jesus, that you brought the kingdom of heaven with you when you came and that one day you are returning and we will see the fullness of your kingdom where there will be no more pain and no more suffering. We put our faith in you, Jesus, even when we cannot see you. We believe you are real and that you are good and that you live inside of us through your Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, I have a couple of reviews to read for you today. This one says, Hi, Sherilyn. We listened to your podcast. We heard about it from one of our friends. Our names are Rebecca and Chelsea. We listen with our mom. We love your podcast. 
never stop creating episodes and we will never stop listening. Well, thank you, Rebecca, who is seven and Chelsea, who is five. Thank you. I am so glad that you heard about it from one of your friends and that now you're listening. So thank you for writing in. Um, They said our favorite stories are... Um, Rebecca says her favorite story is Isaac and Rebecca, and Chelsea says her favorite story is Jeremiah in the pit. Well, that is awesome. Thank you, girls, so much. This next review is simply from Jay, who is seven, um, and it says, I really liked the Advent stories. Um, And then they say, thank you for making a beautiful biblical podcast our family can listen to and learn from together. So thank you so much for that review. And I love to hear that you like the Advent stories because those are some of my favorites as well. All right. This review says, my name is Riley and I love your podcast. I give you 11 million stars. My favorite episodes are all the Joseph ones. I have a little sister and she says, mine is all the favorites. I'm six and she's three. This one is from Remy. She says, goodbye. I love all of your podcasts and I love you. Well, thank you, Remy. And thank you, Riley. That's so sweet. Thank you so much for the 11 million stars. Mom says, thank you so much for your ministry. I so appreciate your careful handling of the word and the joy you radiate while sharing it. What a gift your podcast is. Well, thank you so much, Riley, Remy, and Mom. All right. Finally, I received an email from Nigeria. This email says, hello, Sherilyn. Thank you so much for the podcast. My siblings and I listen to it every time we go to school and it's helping us enjoy getting to know God more. Even our mom enjoys it. We are listening from Lagos, Nigeria. Thank you so much. And that is from Michelle Kitan and Desire. I hope I said that correctly, but thank you so much for um, emailing that in. And I'm so excited that you have found the podcast over in Nigeria. Thank you for listening. All right, everyone. Well, thank you for joining me today. And I look forward to our time together next week.